coming up on The Overcoming Life with Jimmy Evans. Do you want God to come into your life and set you free on every level and use you to glorify Him and rebuild other people's lives? That's the question. It's a partnership. It's a road. And at the end of that road, you will find who God made you to be in your mother's womb. God cares about every issue in our life. I'm just telling you, your God is madly in love with you, and your God cares about every single issue that you're going through in life. The second wonderful truth is Jesus died on the cross and rose again so we could live in absolute blessing and absolute freedom. It's, it's the gospel. It's the good news. We get every blessing that we don't deserve by the grace of Jesus. We can be healed of anything because of the grace of Jesus. Isaiah 53, 5, speaking again, this is a messianic prophecy, talking about the death of Jesus. It says, the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes were healed. The word peace there is the word shalom. It doesn't mean a lack of conflict. It means every blessing. When a Jewish person says to you shalom, what they're saying is, I pray God will bless you with every blessing. So you can be healthy and living in poverty, and you're not blessed. You can be rich and be sick, and you're not blessed. I don't want to be 90% blessed. I want to be 100% blessed. I want every blessing that God came to give me. And that's what the word shalom means. The beating for our shalom was upon Jesus, and by his stripes we've been healed. Healed of what? Fill in the blank. We've been healed of every single thing that the devil would try to put on us or we brought in from our life before we knew, the, knew Jesus. So this is my question. If, if this is true, then why aren't people healed? If it's true that Jesus came to heal all of those things, then the question is why aren't, why aren't people healed? But more importantly, the question is why aren't Christians healed? Why aren't we healed of these circumstances? Because I lived for years in my life with some of those things in my life and wasn't healed. Well, the question is why? Well, I want to read a scripture and I want to try to answer this question because I believe this scripture answers this question very well. This is John chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. Jesus encounters a man at the pool of Bethesda in Jerusalem. Now, remember the word Bethesda means house of mercy. And it was a pool that had five porches around it. And this is the scripture. After this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem... By the sheep gate, a pool, which is in Hebrew called Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, and knew he had been there, knew that he had been there in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming up, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. Now, I want to talk about the three truths about divine healing. I want to talk about why people are healed 
and why people are not healed. And I want to use the story of the man at the Pool of Bethesda to illustrate this. And the first truth of divine healing is healing isn't simply an act of God. It is a partnership between God and us. The angel stirred up the water. That was God's part. And then they had to step in. That was their part. Now, Jesus asked this question. And Jesus is a genius, because I'm not making fun of Jesus. Never would I make fun of Jesus. You know, isn't that kind of a funny question, though, to ask somebody that's sick? I mean, the guy's been there for 38 years, and Jesus said, do you want to be made well? It's like, duh. And again, Jesus is a genius. I'm not saying duh to him. I'm saying, been there 38 years? What? What answer do you expect? Well, let me tell you why Jesus asked the question, because there was an issue there. You can become so familiar with your illness or with your problem that you choose the familiarity over change. See, when Jesus walked up to this man, let let me just ask you this question. Is there any record in the New Testament of Jesus ever healing a person against their will? Or saving a person against their will. Like the two men on the cross next to him. And that one man says to him, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. And the other guy didn't believe. And Jesus turns to the other guy who didn't believe and says, like it or not, you're going to be in paradise too. Does that, is that Jesus now? There's never a record of Jesus ever doing something beneficial to a person against their will. But there's record of him not doing it because they wouldn't believe. But Nazareth, his hometown, said Jesus could do no mighty miracles there because they didn't believe. The rich young ruler, Jesus wanted him to follow him, but the rich young ruler would not divest himself of his wealth that Jesus told him to. There's never a record. It's a partnership. When God comes to heal our lives, it requires a response from us. So Jesus just didn't walk up to the man at the pool and say, hey, I'm so bad you've been there 38 years, you're healed. Never having a conversation with the guy. Jesus turns to the guy and says, do you want this? Because it's going to require something of you. Three things that healing requires. The first is obedience. Jesus said, rise. Jesus said to the rich young ruler, you've done well. Now go take what you have and sell it and give it to the poor and come and follow me. And he went away sad. Other times that Jesus said something to a person that would have healed them, but they would not not believe and they would not obey. Obedience, if, if I'm going to be healed, maybe there's something required of me. Let me give you an example of this. When I smoked, and I smoked for many years, and I enjoyed smoking. I did not, I, I, was, I was a good smoker. Um, I knew how to smoke, I knew when to smoke, and I, and I smoked Marlboros, and I liked it. And the Lord said to me one day, I, I'm not going to be able to do in, with your life what I would do if you continue to smoke. Well, can you imagine me standing up here saying, well, folks, let me say this. And, you know, I, it wouldn't happen. I I would not have been able to fulfill my call in life if I smoked, okay? And God still loves you if you smoke, you know, and all that. But I'm saying it was was an issue in my life. And the Lord said to me one day, I I couldn't stop. I I didn't have the willpower to stop. And I said, the Holy Spirit spoke to me one morning and said, say you're a non-smoker from this point forward. I was smoking when he said it. I woke up in the morning, had a quiet time, had four or five cigarettes, just had a wonderful time with Jesus coffee, Marlboro, and my Bible. It was just a wonderful combination. And so, and I'm sitting there smoking, and the Lord says to me, say you're a non-smoker. I'm thinking, that's so ridiculous. That's how I stopped smoking. That day, every time I was tempted, and every time somebody offered me a cigarette, I said, no thanks, I'm a non-smoker. And they laughed at me. I was smoking the day before. 
And I went to work that day. You know how it is when people notice you're not smoking. They walk up and say, hey, Evans, you want a cigarette? I say, I'm a non-smoker. They go, I was with you yesterday and you're smoking. Well, I'm not a smoker today. <laughs> That's how I stopped smoking. It seemed ridiculous, but I had to obey. See, I did, he did the, God did the hard part. He healed me of tobacco addiction. All I had to do was say, I'm a non-smoker. But I almost didn't do it because it sounded so weird. See, it's a partnership between God and us. And God's going to require something of you. Jesus was going to do the hard part with a man by the pool of Bethesda, but he still required obedience from this man. Get up. Is, healing is not a lightning bolt from heaven. Healing is a partnership between God and us. And a lot of people are just waiting on this event that's going to set them free. You can be set free. But it's going to require something of you. The first is obedience. The second one's the hard one. It's change. Poverty can become familiar. Addiction and bondage can become familiar. And being set free can be scary. Because it means I've got to change the way I'm living. I've got to change the way I'm talking. I've got, I've got to change. And some people will stay sick because it's familiar and they don't have to change. It's, it's a big issue. And the third is responsibility. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to take responsibility for something. An example is being healed for this man, many had to go to work. When you're, when you're laying at the pool of Bethesda, people feed you. They walk by with their merciful hearts and they feed you. And so he was living off the goodness of other people. Getting up and taking up his bed and walking meant you have to get a job. I'm going to have to take responsibility over my life rather than becoming a, a professional victim. Before any of us experience the healing Jesus wants to give us, we must deal with this issue and say this to Jesus. I want to be healed. Lord, I'm, I'm poor. I want to be healed. I'm in bondage. I want to be healed. I'm hurting. I'm brokenhearted. I want to be healed. I'm depressed and I'm hopeless. I want to be healed. And I'll be obedient. I'll, I'm, I'll change. I'll take responsibility. I understand this is a partnership now between you and me, Lord, but I want to be healed. That's why Jesus asked him the question, is this something, I'm not going to give you this if you don't want it. And you know if I give it to you, it's going to mean some requirements on your part. I'm going to do the hard part, but you're still going to have to be a partner in this process. We have a person in this service right here who went through a horrible illness, one of the best men I've ever known. Horrible illness that went on forever. And his wife fought, he fought, and he, he told me one day, he said, it, it, over, it overcame me. He said, it overwhelmed me. He said, it became my identity. The sickness became my identity. And listen to what he said. I stopped praying because I knew everybody else was praying for me. He said, that's how low I got. He said, I just ran out of energy to pray for myself. And other people were praying for me. L listen. He said, but one day I woke up. And I knew if I didn't get militant, I would never get well. And I got up and I started praying and I started declaring, I will not live my life this way. I will be healed in Jesus' name. He said, I got militant. He's sitting in this service right here healed. He wanted to be made well. Many, many people are waiting on a healing that just simply isn't going to come because they, they think it's going to be a lightning bolt. It's a partnership. 
that requires things of us. And the first thing it requires is a response to Jesus said, I want to be made well, whatever that takes. If it means change, if it means obeying something that you tell me to do, if it means response, whatever it means, I don't want to waste my life in bondage. I want my life to be meaningful. Find hope and healing from the pain you carry with Jimmy's inspiring series, The Hurt Pocket, available on CD, DVD, or as a digital download. We'll also include Jimmy's companion book, When Life Hurts. The Hurt Pocket series on CD or audio download and the book are yours for a gift of $65 or more. Or receive the series on DVD or video download and the book for $90 or more. The Hurt Pocket series will show you how to identify and resolve the hurts of life. God's desire to heal and redeem you, and the steps to making peace with your past. Let me tell you about the silly thing about hiding from God. You're hiding from your healer. When he touches pain, it doesn't hurt. When he touches pain, it goes away. When you support the overcoming life with an online gift of any amount, we'll send you Jimmy's book, When Life Hurts. Create a positive legacy as you heal from the hurts of life. Experience the Hurt Pocket series today. The second truth about divine healing is it isn't an event, it's a lifestyle. Again, a lot of people are waiting for just this something to happen that sets them free and they go on with their lives. Now, there's, a, there's miracle versus healing. A miracle is a, a, an immediate event, and, and God certainly can do that. Um, like, for example, the resurrection of Lazarus, it was, you don't, it, it was an immediate event. You don't just kind of resurrect somebody, you know. <laughs> You either resurrect them or you don't resurrect them. But healing is a process. The, the, when God heals you, he wants you to learn to live differently. When he heals your marriage, it doesn't happen overnight. It begins overnight. But when Karen and I were on the brink of divorce, and the next morning after I said I was sorry to her for the first time and gave our marriage to God, which I had never done, the next day I had to learn to talk differently and stop being selfish and stop being dominant and stop being a chauvinist and treat my wife with dignity and treat her as my equal and to serve her. And it became a lifestyle that 30-something years later is now just a natural thing that we do. Again, you say, God, heal my marriage. He will heal your marriage. But the healing of your marriage is learning to live differently than you live right now. The road to recovery is a road, not a couch. It's a road. You walk it. This is John 5. This is the continuation of the story we read earlier. They ask him, the man who got up at the pool, they ask him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? This is the Pharisees questioning this man. But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn a multitude in being in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Now, this man evidently had issues of sin in his life. And Jesus said, I, I asked you if you wanted to be made well. You said yes. I told you what to do. You did it. Now you're well. I'm warning you not to go back into that lifestyle again. I have a friend who has a healing ministry. He said 50% of people who get healed in his meetings lose their healing because they go back into the lifestyle that God healed them from. They revert back to an old behavior. Now, I want to tell you something about sin. We don't have an angry God in heaven punishing sin. He doesn't have to. It's not like God loves us when we're good and doesn't love us when we're bad. God always loves us. We're just his kids. 
You, you can't do anything not to make God love you. And our sins have been eternally forgiven in heaven. We're eternally forgiven in heaven. But that doesn't mean there aren't consequences in this life. So listen to me about sin. God doesn't have to punish sin. The sin is built in. Here's why, here's why God doesn't want you to sin. It'll hurt you. It, it's, just not, it's just not the right way. When you sin financially, it's just not the right way to live, and so it's not going to work. When you sin verbally, it's just it's going to hurt people. It's going to hurt you. It's just not going to work. Does God love you when you sin? God will always love you. Jesus eternally forgave your sins in heaven, and that's why we can always go boldly to the throne of grace regardless of what we've done. But sin destroys our lives and the potential for our lives. And Jesus walks up to this man and says to him, if you keep doing that, you're going to get into a worse condition. It's a lifestyle change. It's a lifestyle change. I heard, I heard this man on TV one day say, tell me what you eat and I'll predict your illnesses. Tell me, but see, what our society wants is to eat anything we want without consequences. Right? I want to do anything that I want. Here, in other words, God, I want you to take away the pain, but I don't want to change my lifestyle. But what if my lifestyle caused this problem? See, in other words, God wants to heal your body. You have a disease and God wants to heal your body. But he wants you to begin to treat your body differently. You're abusing your body. You're not eating the right foods. You're not drinking water. You drink soft drinks all day long. You eat processed foods all the time. You're, you don't exercise. You don't do any of those things. But we, and then we accumulate illnesses that God cares about. That he cares about. We don't have to be perfect for God to heal us. But, but we need to be responsible for the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is what our bodies are. And so we come to God and say, God, I've got this disease, this disease, this disease, this disease that are caused by my stressful, unhealthy lifestyle. And I'm asking you to heal those diseases. Here's God's answer. Yes, child, I want to heal you. Now, will you allow me to change your behavior? Will you, will you allow your lifestyle to change? Will you drink water rather than all those soft drinks? Will you eat healthier? Will you get up and exercise a little bit? In other words, we don't have to be perfect, and we can still, thank God, eat ice cream. There's ice cream in heaven, I know. <laughs> I know there's ice cream. God's not legalistic. We, we, don't have to be, we don't have to be perfect. But listen, you understand what I'm trying to say? Why aren't more people healed? Jesus walked up to the man and said, if you go back into that wrong lifestyle, something worse is gonna happen to you. Okay, because now he's well and he can walk, and now he can go do things he hadn't been able to do for 38 years. And some of that's bad stuff. And Jesus is telling him a warning. It's a, it's a lifestyle, not an event in most cases. Here's the, here's the third truth about healing. Healing isn't focused on just relieving our pain or problems. It's focused on redeeming God's eternal purpose for our lives. And, and let me close with this. This is going back to Isaiah, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Now listen to verse four. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up former desolations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. The, the, why, should, why should I get well? That's, that's the question. 
if, if I'm at the pool of Bethesda, if I'm acting like I'm crazy, if I'm in, in an immoral, unhealthy lifestyle, why should I change so that God's purpose for your life can be fulfilled? God didn't create you to live that way. God created you to live in victory. You're not fulfilling God's purpose for your life. And it says that they're going to go rebuild the, the ancient desolations. Here's what, God and I, here's what Karen and I say to God, because he healed our marriage, he healed our minds, he healed our bodies, he healed our emotions. He's healed everything about us. Here, here's our commitment. God, whatever you do for us, we'll do for other people. They will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will, they will repair the desolations of many generations. This is talking about saved, healed people going and helping other people who aren't saved and healed. And what Karen and I say to God is, if you do it for us, we'll do it for somebody else. Nothing you do for me will be a private event. And I said that when, when the Lord was healing our marriage, I had absolutely no idea what, what that statement meant. But I said to the Lord in one of the darkest moments of our marriage, if you help us, we'll help other people. It's the most exhilarating thing in the world to give away what God gave you. And it's the reason he created you in your mother's womb. Healing redeems the purpose that God created us in our mother's womb. Your scars. The areas of your life that you've experienced pain, your scars, have the potential to do more than you can imagine. The greatest, the greatest anointing that will flow from your life will flow from the areas of your scars just like they do mine. Abortion, prostitution, marriage problems, addictions, alcohol, drugs, sexual problems, weight and health problems, sickness, mental and emotional problems. All of us have been in some of those areas or many of those areas. Jesus has scars. Our Savior has scars. And we're healed. By his stripes, we are healed. But by our stripes, other people are healed also. God works through that. There are heaven scars and hell scars. Heaven scars glorify God. This means our lives, our pain, our hurt, our sickness turned to God and redeemed. It glorifies God. But hell scars glorify the devil. They're a tattoo of his evil in our, work, of our, in our lives. Heaven scars help and inspire others. Hell scars help no one. They hurt others. Heaven scars re release us for God's destiny. Hell scars trap us in the past and limit our lives. Heaven scars remind us of God's goodness and inspire faith. And hell scars remind us of life's problems and inspire fear. Do you want to be made well? Do you want God to come into your life and set you free on every level and use you to glorify him and rebuild other people's lives? That's the question. It's a partnership. It's a road. And at the end of that road, you will find who God made you to be in your mother's womb. And God will take the scars and defeats and hurts and desolation of your life, and he'll turn it into an anointing that will bless and help and release others. And in that, you will find the most exhilarating life you could ever possibly lead. And some of you know because you're living that life. But some of you aren't. And, and to some of you, the devil, he's the hurt whisperer, he's come into your circumstances saying God can't use you. He's a liar and the father of lies. God will use you. And if God wasn't, he wouldn't have spoken that lie to you in the first place. You're precious to God. You're gifted. You're anointed. You've got a great destiny. And God is madly in love with you and he'll never change his mind. But when we make the decision to lie sick and not get up, we're forsaking that destiny that God has for our lives. He can heal you. He can heal you.
I love that story about the, the man at the pool of Bethesda and Jesus walking up to him and saying to him, do you want to be made well? And, you know, it, it seems like a ridiculous statement and a ridiculous question to ask a man who's been there for that long if he wants to be made well. But Jesus meant it, and, and he means it for all of us. Do I really want to be the person that God made me to be? That's the question. It's not just a question of do I want the hurt to go away or do I want a specific act to happen in this area of my life? The purpose of healing is to restore us to God's purpose. And the, the truth that I am sharing with you today is you have a purpose in life. You have an important purpose in life. When God created you in your mother's womb, he created you with a master plan. Psalm 139 says God had so many thoughts for you when he was creating you in your mother's womb. They can't be counted. You're not an afterthought. You're not an accident. You're, you're a masterpiece of God. And anything that has happened to you, anything the devil's done, anything people have done, anything you've done to yourself that has caused you to get off track, the purpose of healing, the purpose of God's redemptive work in our lives is not just so we'll get up from the pool, it's so that we'll go back to the God's intended purpose for our lives. And that's my prayer for you. My prayer for you is total healing emotionally, physically, in every area where you need healing. But even more important than that is that you will accomplish God's perfect destiny for your life the way he created in your mother's womb. I just pray God's blessing on you today, God's healing on you, encouragement for you today, and I hope you'll stay with me for the next Overcoming Life. God bless you. hope and healing from the pain you carry with Jimmy's inspiring series, The Hurt Pocket, available on CD, DVD, or as a digital download. We'll also include Jimmy's companion book, When Life Hurts. The Hurt Pocket series on CD or audio download and the book are yours for a gift of $65 or more, or receive the series on DVD or video download and the book for $90 or more. The Hurt Pocket series will show you how to identify and resolve the hurts of life. God's desire to heal and redeem you, and the steps to making peace with your past. Let me tell you about the silly thing about hiding from God. You're hiding from your healer. When he touches pain, it doesn't hurt. When he touches pain, it goes away. When you support the overcoming life with an online gift of any amount, we'll send you Jimmy's book, When Life Hurts. Create a positive legacy as you heal from the hurts of life. Experience the Hurt Pocket series today. Well, I've got some good news for you, and that is you have a 100% chance of success in marriage. A 100% chance. Couples with the strongest marriages, they aren't the ones that never had a reason to give up. They're the ones who just refuse to give up. God is still in the business of raising dead things and bringing them back to life. You're not just gonna stay married forever. You're gonna stay married happily ever after. And that's what we believe when we say that your family has a bright future.
Thank you for watching The Overcoming Life with Jimmy Evans. Support The Overcoming Life with your best gift and receive the series The Hurt Pocket. Join Jimmy and Karen Evans on February 9th and 10th for the EXO 2018 Marriage Conference. Live at Gateway Church in South Lake, Texas, or via simulcast at one of hundreds of churches worldwide. Seating is limited, so register today. Visit exomarriage.com. This program is made possible by the generous support of our faithful partners.